Hey guys, welcome to Pod Knows Why. I'm Ashley. And I'm Dana. And we didn't even work out an introduction. <laughs> it's going real well so far, right? It's going real well. <laughs> what kind of introduction do we need? Are we still recording? Yeah. Oh. Should we skip? We'll I mean, work on that later. Okay. Let's just talk about. All us. right. So, so this podcast has been in the making for like i don't know two years now since october 2019 yes. october 31st 2019 that is when we came up with the like the concept hit like all right we wanted to do a podcast but we're like what are we doing a podcast on what do we call it and i think the idea was all right we both like trivia and what would we you know like what should we listen to or look up or whatever if we wanted to be better uh prepared for trivia and then we're like oh my gosh that's it so like the concept here is that Dana has done research on a topic that I have no idea. And I have done research on a topic that she has no idea. And so we are going to talk to each other for the first time about these, these topics. So, And we're trying to pick things that could pop up if you're playing trivia. Something that you, you know, um, or anything that we mentioned during it might be something that, you know, you you might have in the back of your brain. I mean, that's happened to us, I don't know how many times. Did this start with Potomkin? Oh, we should tell. Yeah, okay, okay. We, we should really, okay, so yes, the origin of the pod is October 31st, 2019. But it really goes back further to the Potemkin, which is, what did we learn about the Potemkin from that trivia? It was, it was a ship. It was named after Chris, uh, Catherine the Great's lover. Yes. There was mutiny on the ship. And that's all I remember. That's all I remember too. But it came up twice. <laughs> twice in like a month. And we got it wrong both times because we couldn't remember the name of the freaking ship. So annoyed, but the, the original name of the podcast is called Pod Knows Why because we looked it up and there's nothing out there that's named that. <laughs> but the pod is supposed to be called Pa the Podcast P A H H H H, and then I don't know into infinity. Um, and that one we had to tell you briefly about that. That was because another trivia question. They're like, I don't know what was. It was some language, and they're like, in this culture, this language, what is the celebratory sound you make when you? Oh, oh pa, pa, right. and we made it up. We made, we had no idea. We, it's <laughs> not, pa. it's actually not pa, but we were like, it's pa, and then we just wrote that down on trivia, and then we we got it wrong. So, oh my god, so that would become like our little inside yes. joke. So yeah, so um, if oh, but see, we couldn't pick podcast because that already exists. Like, how is that a else? thing? I don't know. We made that up. We didn't have any idea. And then I'm somebody so, already has that as the name of their podcast. I'm so annoyed about it. But that's okay. I think Pod knows why. I do I like that too. We're we're good with that, right? Um, so we just want to say thank you for listening to our first one. And um hopefully um it goes well enough and you wanna try again. Um and you know, obviously let us know if there's anything that um we can do better. And I think that we should just go ahead and and start so okay i'm gonna go first so this is dana by the way just in case you can't tell my voice <laughs> and i'm gonna start as soon as this opens up Sorry. are you ready i'm ready okay my first one is about the room no <laughs> Oh my god, I love it so much. Okay, <laughs> but I'm excited. 
the movie The Room, which if you haven't seen it and you're over 21, you should. If you're under 21, wait. I mean, you really shouldn't see it, no, you but you really should. And then follow it up with The Disaster Artist. <laughs> and please, you have to play the riff tracks to watch oh, it. you have to do that you, Okay, yeah. you have to do the riff tracks version because you might not make it through if you just watch the regular. Um, so please watch the Rift Tracks version. You should go check those guys out. Okay. okay I'm, I'm so excited. I'm sorry. It's not that room. Okay. It's room that's spelled R-H-E-U-M. R-H-E-U-M. Yes. Now there's multiple definitions for this. So there is um, the genus of plants that rhubarb is under. Is that is what this room. is? No, we're not going to talk about that one. Okay. But I did. That's out there. There's also a Steam game called Room. Spelled that, that way? Yes. But I didn't play it because it was $2.99. No. <laughs> wow, $2.99. <laughs> no. What I am talking about is, do you know when you wake up in the morning and you have that, like, crust that's in oh, your eye? Oh, my God. That's Wait, should I, I say no? Should I say no? <laughs> Dana, what are you talking about? Everybody has it. I have crust in my eyes when and I wake up. if you don't have it. I'll talk to you about that. <laughs> so wait, right. so wait, I'm confused. So like room is the crust. Yes. Okay, room is the crust. Room is the crust. Gotcha. And it's spelled again R-H-E-U. You're right. I did not pick this. Okay. I, I, I would not have picked this. <laughs> oh, that's our fear, is that we're gonna end up picking the same topic. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I know it is. Okay. Um, so it comes from the Greek word meaning a flowing. Okay. And that makes sense because it's flowing out of your eye it can also flow out of your mouth or your nose depending on how you sleep and how much mucus you have in your body but for most people it comes out of their eye Ugh. now it's a mix of mucus Ew. skin cells oil and tears okay okay so that means that when i wipe that crust away that's mucus i'm wiping away Part, it's partly and skin cells and oil and some tears. So but the tears part dries up. So like gross. The water part dries up overnight. All right. So I want to know, like, in your family growing up, or what do you call it? Do you call it crust? You know, like, we didn't, we don't really talk about that much stuff. So I'm not sure that anyone's ever called it, like, crust. Oh, see, I, re <laughs> I remember being younger and my mom would, like, when we woke up, she'd say, go wash the sleep out of your eyes. Oh, I like that. That's so. cute. Those are, there's some synonyms for it. I think Ryan and I call it crust. Like, well, it is crusty. Sure. You know, like you like gotta like dig it out, and it's like some yeah, because sometimes it's dry. It's really there. dry. Yeah. yeah, it's gross. Um, but some other names that I saw: uh, sleepy sand. Oh, I like that one too. Eye goop. I don't like that one. Dozy dust. I really like that one. <laughs> and eye boogers. Ew! <laughs> Can we just call it? Dozy dust. dozy dust. I really like dozy dust. I'm probably dust. gonna call it crust because that's okay. That's fine, it, but like, please don't life. call it eye. But that's so gross. Okay. Dozy dust is good though. So the reason why I looked this up is because when I wake up in the morning, I wanted to know why do I always have it? Because I feel like when people are on TV and they wake up, nobody like they never show people with eye crust in their eyes. You know like, is there something wrong with you me? know? Okay, no, because you know what? They also, if you look too, like when the women wake up. Their hair is like perfect, they and have they have like eye, they have makeup and eyeliner. It's like, man, no one looks like that when they wake up. And they don't they don't make it legit, you know, by putting okay, like well, the eye I'm crust in there. For if you are a like director out there for a TV show or a movie, I feel like you guys need to put the crust on there, right? Because people don't know that you're supposed to have. We this. need more realism in our movies, right? How yes. you know? 
they'll, they'll still be pretty and beautiful, just a little, just little, a little, little bit crust up there. Yeah. But so what I was wondering was like, am I really sad and I don't know it and I've been crying in my sleep <laughs> at night? Did you have a really and sad dream like and you've been crying? From my tears <laughs> that dried on my face. Like I didn't know what it was from. So that's why I looked it up and this is what we're going with for the first one. So I do want to preface this by saying I am not a medical doctor. So if you hear something that causes you concern, do not just go by what Dana says and don't go online and look up stuff. Uh, contact your family physician. I've been going by what you say all the time. Should I? Contact should I not be doing that? But you haven't made any like huge life altering. Not that you, not you know this of. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Based on me. <laughs> okay. So what it is is while you're awake, um, you actually are producing the mucus. But because you're blinking all the time, like the mucus is being wiped out. Okay. It's going away. But at night, because your eyes are closed, you're not blinking. So it collects. Oh. And then that's why it's Is it coming up, from like, that tear duct? Is that what it is? Yes. So it builds up along your eyelids and your eyelashes. And you actually need that mucus because it helps protect you from dust, dirt, like harmful chemicals and things like that. So you want it to be there. Um. So having too much eye crust. So you need to pay attention to your eye crust when you're healthy and when you're feeling good. Should I get a scale to weigh my eye crust? I don't think you need to weigh it. Maybe you should take a picture every morning. That's so gross. Oh my God. What if I died and then they found like my eye, my eye crust gallery on my phone. The forensic files guy is totally going to be mentioning that. She, she, she. <laughs> continue my bad <laughs> this is what we do okay. Sorry. okay so here are some some common reasons why you may have an excess of eye crust building up so if you don't remove your eye makeup properly at night oh. that could cause an excess if you wear contact lenses and you don't remove them sometimes that might cause a change in it um i notice with mine with allergy season and i'm wondering maybe like if I was seeing it more, because for me right now, this is the rough time of the year with my allergies and walking every day like outside. Um, it could be from getting chemicals in your eye. Like if you go swimming in a pool that doesn't have the right amount of chlorine in there, that could cause um, excess mucus overnight. Or if you have an eye injury or some type of disease. Babies tend to have a lot of mucus buildup because they don't have fully developed tear ducts yet. Babies are disgusting. She didn't really mean that. <laughs> I did. She didn't really mean that. We love babies. She we does. love them more when they hit around 15, 16. Okay. Um, you might have conjunctivitis, which do you know what the common name for that is? Is that pink eye? That is pink eye, yes. Um, Boom, that's a trivia question. Here's another one. Do you know what a thigh is? Okay, I think because I, it's like a little buildup, like underneath. The skin, right? Is it an abscess? Is it technically an abscess? It's when you have a blocked gland oh. in your eyelid. Yeah, and then it's it's like up. puffed up, Those right? Those things hurt too. I've never had one, thank oh, God. Knock on wood. Um, if you have a scratched cornea, again, that can happen a lot from contact. Sounds horrifying. I know. And then there are some STDs like chlamydia or gonorrhea. There's a certain type of herpes out there too that can also cause this. Can I throw in a random fact? Yes. Just link to what you're. It might be good for trivia. Did you know that koalas, like, overwhelmingly have chlamydia? <laughs> There's, like, a really high number of koalas no, that have chlamydia. No, I didn't know that. 
And now I want to know why you know that. Okay, it's okay. Not only that, but I'm I'm I might be getting this wrong, but I think that um Russell Russell Crowe and like John Oliver got into this thing and ended up like I think he paid money for like um the John hair. Oliver koala chlamydia wing or something like that but like koalas like they have like serious stds and it's like affects a large proportion of koalas i mean i don't think they can give you the chlamydia but well i would yeah i mm. sorry my imagination <laughs> just went to a place i would totally still hug a koala but i'm just well, saying yeah you don't get chlamydia from hugs no right so i would still hug that koala okay okay well, continue how would you know that Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I am almost done. Okay. Uh-oh. All right. So as I told you before, again, I'm not a medical doctor, but pay attention to the color and the consistency of your, the room. The room. Um, so it should be colorless, white, or light yellow if you're healthy. Colorless, white, and light yellow. Yes. What if it's like dark? So if it's dark yellow or green. Oh, it's never that color. That's <laughs> gross. Or if it's really Thick, oh okay then that could mean like maybe you have some type of infection or you could be could have the excess mucus from something else and i just want to point out the website i went to instead of saying colorless they said clear and this really bothers me as a chemistry teacher because clear and colorless do not mean the same thing people what is the difference clear between? means you can see through something so something can be light yellow and clear because it's light yellow, but I can still wouldn't see it be, through it. What, wouldn't it be opaque then? We don't use those terms in chemistry. Oh. Opaque, Is that a bad word? Transparent. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, okay. It's clear or it's cloudy. I feel like I've been lied to in my science classes. You weren't lied to. That's a different science. Well, class. I learned in science, though. No, that's different. I'm saying, oh. as a chemist, I'm looking oh, okay. at solutions. I don't say opaque. Oh, you went so opaque. It's clear or it's cloudy. Got you. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so colorless means it's literally without color. But clear means you can see through it. So something can have color and still be clear. Because you can still see through it. Okay. If it's light. I get you. Color. Okay. Okay. All right. Just, again, trivia. You never know. Um, another tip, when you wake up in the morning, don't use your hands to rub your eyes because that can end up, like, you have bacteria on your hands, too. Which maybe I should make another trivia. You should. Like, about yeah. the bacteria on your body. Oh, your gosh. Body. Um. So you should just wash your face. So get a washcloth, warm water, and use that to wash your face. And it feels really good to warm washcloth. You know, I I think like probably ninety nine percent of the time I like wipe it out of my eyes. So I mean, I feel like maybe I I might need to transition to using the yeah, washcloth first. After after well, I do the one. Well, people um, like say they like the rub, you know, rub body. the sleep from your eyes. That's what I mean. Don't do that. Don't with your do hands, that. Though. Do it with a washcloth. Okay. Okay. No hands. All right. Hands I'm free. Done with mine. I hope I educated you. Thanks, Dana. I, I literally had koalas, and I was. <laughs> I I did not expect that. So, all right. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back to me. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. So um, now it's. It's my turn, and I really wanted you to go first um, because I will tell you that I, like, pilot-tested just the concept with two different people, and every time I told them what I wanted to do, their eyes got big, and <laughs> just I'm like your eyes are, like, right now. Because my mom might listen to this. It's nothing. So no, it's not, it's not a bad – it's not bad. It's just it, it might have some darker themes, 
I like dark. You know I love dark. Right, okay. right. We'll see how much you like what I'm about to do. Um, <clears throat> so you gave me a good intro for yours, and I'll give you a good intro for mine. Okay. Um, so if I say to you, two of your oxen have died, what does that make you think of? The Oregon Trail. It does make you think of the Oregon it Trail. Does. Nice job. So some of you guys might have played the Oregon Did Trail. There's going to be a TBS show with Daniel Rapp. On the Oregon Trail? Yeah, I thought so. Like, he plays, like, a minister. I would totally watch the, it. The wheel wagon things. I'll totally watch going it. Going along the Oregon Trail. I'm pretty sure I saw that. So, yeah, I will watch it, too. He is, like, trying so hard to branch off from. I would, too. Oh, he I know. To He's like going to be typecast. As, yeah. Lightning head for <laughs> Lightning head. Yeah, she's allowed to say that because she likes Harry Potter. So. I'm listening to this next book on Audible again. So, mine is related to the Oregon Trail. Um, but the reason I selected this topic is because months ago I went down like a rabbit hole of reading random stuff and I found this story and I realized I didn't know anything about it. It's something that you probably have heard of and know you've heard of it and people just make jokes about it and nobody actually knows what the story is. And I feel like it's kind of like, to me, like that Hamilton uh, song at the end, like who lives, who dies, who mm -hmm. tells your story. Like I would say before Hamilton, obviously scholars knew about Alexander Hamilton, but they didn't really know about a lot of the nuances. And I know, yes, I know the musical is not that everything correct. Right. But um, you know, a lot of people just, what, what's the one thing you know about, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr is that they were um, Burr shot Hamilton in a duel and killed Hamilton. Like that's what everyone knew. So what I selected is the Donner Party. I figured. Yeah. You okay. said dark. You said Oregon Trail. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So I selected the Donner Party um, because once I read through the whole thing, and this was again before I was going to pick a topic or anything, I was just reading it. I was like floored with how interesting the story is and like all the different all the different things that had to go wrong. Wait, can I just say something? Yes. Mom, if you're listening, stop. <laughs> just stop. Okay, keep going. So the one thing that everyone knows about the Donner Party is that there was cannibalism mm -hmm. involved. And that's really only anything that was about cannibalism. I'm like, you knew from when I said Oregon Trail could be the Donner Party. But I'd say a lot of people who have heard of the Donner Party don't even know that it your was an Oregon. <laughs> we have, we are filming this at my house and I have a whole. We're like hoping the cats don't bother, but no, one of my cats is like just sitting here. <laughs> the you, but a lot of people didn't even know it was on the Oregon Trail. Like they don't know anything about it. They just know like okay, it's like so they people got stuck out in the wilderness and then they had to eat each other, right? And so there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know about it. Like so the first thing is is that it's called the Donner Party, but it really should be called the Donner Reed Party mm -hmm. because. George Donner, who that Donner is referring to, he was technically the leader, but Reed is really the person who made a lot more of the decisions. And you'll see as we go through how important Reed was in this situation. So it should be called the Donner Reed Party. Um, the story starts off in uh, spring of 1846. Um, when uh, another batch of wagons is getting ready to leave from Independence, Missouri, and they're going to make the trek through the Oregon Trail to California. Um, but unfortunately, they don't make it to California until uh, 1847, which is 
way too late. Um, and another important thing to understand is that these guys, we, we call them pioneers, but a lot of people didn't have skill or experience. They might hire teamsters to take them across um, the Oregon Trail, uh, but they had to cross things like at the very end, they had to cross the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And that was extremely difficult. Those last hundred miles of the Oregon Trail were extremely difficult. And these people, a lot of times, didn't have any skill or expertise. Um, and so that's where we're going to kind of see a lot of these people um, fall. And I want you to note two individuals as I go through. The first one is William Eddy. He is my hero character okay. uh, because of a lot of things that he did. And then the villain character, I'll call him Keysburg. Um, I, I don't I don't know. There's been a different debate over whether or not Keysburg was really a villain or not. But I would just want you to note those two individuals. sounds like individuals. a villainous name, though. So we're going to go with it. You go with it? Yeah. So um, let's start talking first real fast about the Oregon Trail. So um, in the 1840s, a lot of people started uh, traveling uh, the Oregon Trail because they were trying to leave the east. There was a big um, mindset of, you know, uh, manifest destiny. Let's move out west. There's more economic prosperity out in the west. Uh, some people were going out there for religious freedom. Um, and so uh, a lot of people were making that a trek, and most people took the Oregon Trail route. And so um, a bunch of wagons, uh, hundreds of wagons, would start in Independence, Missouri, and then they would take it to South Pass in Wyoming. And then from there, there were a couple of uh, different paths. Um, and then eventually the goal was to end up in California. But um, you had to be really careful because, and you know from the game, like the game kind of gave some of this stuff away, you had to pick a good leave time if you left too soon then the fields would be the, the it would be muddy and there wouldn't be enough grass for the oxen and cattle to eat um but if you left too late you risked uh being caught in snow and then that would also be another problem with grass and stuff so you had to leave at a very certain period of time they could really only travel like on average maybe 15 miles a day uh, if it was rougher terrain less um, and it should have taken um, four to six months uh, to complete so time was a really big factor um, so one of the things is a lot of people think again the Donner party was just you know one family and that's not necessarily the case uh, it starts off the Donner Reed party actually leaves Springfield Illinois and they travel to Independence, Missouri to leave together. Uh, there's George Donner and his wife, Tamson, and they took their five kids with them. You have Jacob Donner. I love that name, Tamson. I did too. Okay, keep going. I won't tell you what happens there. <laughs> Spoiler. George Donner and his wife, Tamson, their five kids, Jacob Donner and Elizabeth and their seven kids. And some of these are like step kids or whatever. George Donner and Jacob Donner are older, 60 and 56. So they're slightly an older couple. And then their friend, James Reed, he was actually an Irish immigrant and he brought his uh, wife, Margaret, and their four kids. Um, and originally they had started taking off um, uh, Margaret's mom. Her name was Sarah. Sarah was 70 when she started. Now they kind of thought that she wasn't going to make it because she was older and she was sick. Um, but she just didn't want to leave her only child, Margaret. So she decided to go. Um, she doesn't make it very far, but they did end up taking her at first. Uh, they end up with nine teamsters, people who are supposed to um, guide. I'm sorry, wait, they just left the moms. <laughs> they didn't leave her. They buried her oh under a tree. Under a tree! She didn't She didn't want to leave. She Well, because like, if they left, she's like, I'll never see you again. And because I'm not going out to California myself. And so she wanted to go and they kind of thought that maybe she might die along the way. And then she did within like two weeks of being on. So she didn't even make it 
Okay. Oh, she didn't even get no, not even close. I know it. It's kind. There's going to be a few moments like that, and I apologize, but it's a really good story, so it's worth it. Okay. So they've got the nine teamsters. Um, you've got a handyman and um, a cook that they brought with them. Uh, Reed is rich. He made a lot of money. He was an entrepreneur. And he, and as well as the Donners, could have stayed where they were. But they kind of had this, like, I want to go out west. I want to get out there. And make more money. Yeah, make more money. And well, okay, well, that's not totally true. Like Reed's wife, Margaret, had really bad headaches and she had she was like really sick a lot. And they thought that the climate out in California might help her better. So that was another reason. But yeah, I think money, money was a bunch of it. I bet it was money. It was, it was partly money, yeah. So um, <clears throat> so it was really just these this group, Donna Reed, and then they leave Independence along with a group of 50 other wagons. And then other players in this story uh, that are part of this 50 wagon group that are going to kind of follow them, uh, you have Lavina Murphy, who's a widow. She is a, um, kind of the head uh, of a 13-person uh, family, it includes her five kids, two married daughters, their husbands, and then their kids. Uh, you have William Eddy. If I told you that's mm -hmm. my person and watch. William Eddy, his wife, Eleanor, and their two young kids. You have Patrick Breen, his wife, their seven kids. Louis Kiesberg, his wife and their daughter. And then you have a handful of workers that are Teamsters who are pulling some of the wagons and a handful of single people. And I hope you picked up on kind of the age range of a large number of these passengers, of these, these pioneers. Yep, I already picked up on that. What was it? Tell a, tell the audience. There's a lot of kids. There's a crap ton There's of kids. There's a lot of kids. There are a lot of kids on this, right? And so um, that is a thing to think about, too, because when we think about pioneers, you think about people who can go out and, you know, but they're bringing their families and oh, there's no, a I lot of kids. Little House on the Prairie because they oh. brought their kids with them when they went to start a new life. Little House on the Prairie is a lot less dark than this too. Um, there's some dark episodes. There's a good, there is some, the there is. You're right, you're right. So what's important to note now is that this is probably, I don't know, there's a number of factors that led to what happened, but this is probably one of the biggest factors. So um, let me tell you about a guy named Lansford Hastings. Hastings uh, was a lawyer and um, he was really interested in the concept of California. He wanted to like Anglo-Saxonize California. He wanted to, he went, he thought like, okay, America needs to like, we need to take California. It needs to be like, you know, uh, a white, you know, a place for white people to go to. So Lansford, <laughs> what he, that's who he is. He also was. I thought you said the bad person was Kingsburg. Oh, he also is. Oh, yeah, Lansford okay. is like. Does he die? Lansford? I mean, eventually. He'd be really old now. But no, then, <laughs> no Lansford's story. not on with them. Lansford's not on with them. He oh, wrote a book. Okay. He published a book as an alternative guide. And in the book, he says, you know what? You don't have to take the Oregon Trail exactly. I think we need a whole episode on him. On him? Yeah, we'll work on that. He He's like, no, you don't actually need to take the full Oregon Trail. There's actually a way, a cutoff, that will cut 350, maybe even 400 miles off your journey. And you guys should take this. And it's in his book, right? Well, like Reed and a couple other people are already kind of interested in this guy's book. And so the Oregon Trail typically goes through the Snake River uh, Plain and then um, – it would go down that way. But then he said, no, what you can do is you can cross the Great Salt Lake Desert. And again, it'll cut time off. But here is the true story. It did not cut off 350 miles. It, in fact, added 150 miles. Okay. And another fun fact about Lansford is he had not even. So that's like 10 days. Or more. Yes. Or more. Yes. And he had not even traveled that path 
until 1846, after he had published his book. And he traveled it with one under, under other individual on horseback and never with wagons. So dude has no idea what he's talking about, right? And it's not until after he says you can do it that he uh, does actually do it. Okay, but the problem is, is that this is not an easy path. So what you have to do is you have to go over the Wasatch Mountains. Then you have to cross over the Great Salt Lake Desert, which is just like just salt. Right. And then you have to go catch back on the on the normal trail. It's not an easy path. So Hastings is an idiot. So Hastings had been stationed hanging out at a place called Fort Bridger, uh, Bridger, which was in Black's Fork. And so what happened is, is you would get to South Pass and then most people would kind of head like right and continue the Oregon Trail. But he wanted people to go left, go down to Fort Bridger and then from there take his cutoff. And so the people at Fort Bridger were Jim Bridger and Louis Vasquez, his partner, and they had a, like a little mini trading post there. And so H Hastings sent out letters that that um, that spring of uh, summer at this point, uh, 1846. And he says, hey, guys, if you come to Fort Bridger, I will guide you through the cutoff. Just come down here. So <clears throat> he's like, I'll wait and guide you. So then um, the group of 50 wagons gets that letter on July 12th from some riders. And at that point, most of the people when they got to South Pass were like, no, we're just going to take the normal path. But guess who didn't take that path? The Donner Reed The Donner Reed, Reed Party. So uh, a smaller group wants to go. Um, so they go off and they decide to travel down to Fort Bridger. Now, at this time. So wait, this is kind of like when me and Ryan, Ryan's my brother, by the way. When Ryan and I would both be driving and say, let's see which way is actually the fastest. So we would take two different ways to get to the same place to see which way. was Right. Except one of the ways would trap you in the mountains in the snow and you'd have to eat each other to survive. And the other one would just be normal. Okay. Right. All right. So a journalist had actually traveled this way and he was, he went ahead like a one week ahead. They were like just one week ahead of Donner. And so they go on the trail and he's like, Oh my God, women are in this. There's like a ton of women. There's a ton of children it have to do with anything. because it, they, they have actually women, women actually, actually, I can see the children. I don't want to give a lot of spoilers away here, but let me tell you this women, two thirds of women, two thirds of the women survived this event. Whereas two thirds of the men, did not. Women actually were more suited to survive this experience than the men were, which is interesting. So, but yeah, he was more concerned about how many women and how many children and how many wagons they had. So he goes back, he like rushes back, he's on horseback and he's like, oh my God, you guys should not do this. So he writes a letter and he's like, oh my God, do not take this thing. Like Hastings is an idiot. He's lying. Like, it's not clear. It's not good. Please don't do this. So he gives the letter. He leaves the ledger letter with um, Bridger. Well, Reed and Donner and the rest of the party, they get to Black's Fork on July 27th. And when he did get there, Hastings is already gone. Now, remember, Hastings said, I'm going to wait for you here. I'm going to wait for to guide anyone. Well, someone had gotten there first and Hastings had took that wagon party. So now they're at Fort Bridger and they're like, oh, my God, what do we do? And they're unsure. So Jim Bridger, the person who's in charge of the trading post, it's his fort. He's like, no, it's really smooth. There's lots of water and grass. It's definitely good. You should take it. Now, why did this happen? Probably because Bridger thought that if his trading post would, would get more money and, and, uh, and traffic if people were taking the hot Hastings cutoff. And there's no evidence that anyone ever got Bryant's letters, the journalist's letters about not to take it. So then how do we know they exist? 
they bridge bryant says he gave them to bridger okay yeah and so people think uh that bryant or bridger hid the letters and just didn't give them when they came by so reed is like okay let's totally do it this is not the only warning that they got reed's friend who he fought with he uh met them earlier he like they just ran into each other on the trail which is like a weird place to run into people but he ran into them in fort laramie and he's like hey um i just went with hastings on his cutoff thing and we like went through it and it's not good don't take it and reed was like oh i don't know i kind of want to take it so anyway they got to fort bridger and bridger's like oh no it's good it's really good and so he's like all right we'll take it so they decide to take this thing anyway so their goal is that they're going to follow behind any of the tracks that the mm -hmm. first wagon team left so on july 31st they leave Black's Fork. They're about 11 days behind Hastings. Another family joins them at this point. And so, again, the wagon train is getting bigger and bigger. There's lots more people. It's okay for the first couple days, and then it gets bad real quick. Part of the thing that was good about the Oregon Trail is so many people had taken it that the wheels had laid down like enough of a rut in the ground, and you could clearly mm -hmm. know which path to take. Well, there's none of that, so it's really hard to find your way. Um, and so what Hastings had done is he would, like, a nail like a letter to a tree every so often saying like okay go this way and that's how they traveled for a while it was real bad so um on august 6th they find another letter on a tree and it says stop i'm going to show you a different pathway uh they got the way that we're going now is like not a good pathway let me see if i can find a different way and i'll come you know whatever so find someone and, and tell them to ride up to where i am and then i'll tell you what to do so reed and two others go it takes them like five days and they catch up to hastings and hastings is like oh, i'm not actually going to go back with you but I think you should uh, he like they're standing on like a thing and they're like I think you should go that way and he like just kind of points off in the direction like Hastings has no idea what's going on so then they're like okay I guess I guess we're gonna do it so then they go and there's like boulders in the way there's all this brush they have to spend days and days and days breaking it down right and so it, but the thing is, is that they've gone so far that they can't go back so that they, they just keep foraging ahead. And at this point, they were moving less than two miles a day. They were not making any progress yeah, at all. This whole we can't go back part. I don't get. I still don't because quite understand that myself. Mile, we went two miles a day. <laughs> we already broke boulders behind us turn around i think it becomes one of those things where like they didn't realize how how dire the situation boulders. was gonna get you're breaking boulders <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need i i i think that they just kept thinking like okay well we're just kind of, we have to make it you know the they probably should have just stayed in like a fort or something for a while i don't know it didn't go well it, 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 spoiler alert none of this is going well another family catches up to them and then that's it no other families are coming so okay. now we've got a ton of families with us but now we're up to 87 people in this this wagon party um some people are mad at reed because reed wanted to do this but a lot of people are also mad at hastings like they hate hastings and they, they hate him so much and he's the one that stayed behind or said i'm not going with you hastings is still with that other wagon party leading that other wagon party in a different direction Yes, then this direction that he told them to take. Um, and so Reed has been making a lot of the decisions, but I want you to understand that George Donner is the technical leader of the party. Reed is more authoritative, but Reed was also very rich um, and aristocratic, and the people hated him. Um, George Donner was like much more uh, laid back and friendly. And so George Donner is technically the leader, which is why it's known as the Donner Party. But Reed is actually the one making most of the decisions. So anyway, they finally get through the, the, the mountains that they're in, the Wasatch Mountains, and then they find another letter for Hastings. And he says, it just says, two days, rough travel, 
no food, no water, and like you have to get to the other side quickly. But I thought he wasn't going that way. Hastings has been, I don't know, Hastings like was on horseback going oh, different directions. Yeah. So Hastings has this letter to the tree. So they're like, okay, so we need to rest. So they rest up and then they have to cross the Great Salt Lake Desert. And Hastings tells them it's going to take you two days to cross it. Took them five to cross it because what happens is, is there's like a dry, dry plane with salt. And what happens is, is when moisture comes up from the ground, it becomes like this gunk, like this salty, thick gunk. And they had so much trouble moving. They started to run out of water uh, because everyone is so thirsty, including the cattle. Some of the cattle like freak out and then they run away. Reed lost nine out of his 10 uh, oxen. Um and then, and then they have to like abandon a bunch of wagons. They have to abandon some of the oxen. They, they it's really, really bad. Okay, so they finally get through, but it had taken them like five to six days to get through this. And Rita told them too, right? So time is adding up here. And remember, it's actually 150 miles longer than going the normal Oregon Trail. And this is important. They left near the end time when you're supposed to leave. They were like the some of the last wagons to leave. So it's already not a good situation in terms of time. So when they get through the Great Salt Lake Desert, Reed's like, oh my gosh, this is not good. We're going to run out of food. So he says, someone should ride ahead to Sutter's Fort in California. That's where, where they're trying to get to. Someone should ride ahead there and they should bring back supplies for us because we're in trouble. So two people go ahead and do that. So they leave and they're going to go do that. They keep following. Now, on September 26th, they finally reach the Oregon Trail again, because the cutoff was supposed to bring them back to the Oregon Trail. It took them two months to do that. It made them gain a full month worth of time. It added a month to their time. And so they're already an extra month behind where they're supposed to have been leaving. So now they're back on the Oregon Trail, but people are stressed out and bad things still keep happening to them. So the uh, Donners and the Reeds kind of split up a little bit. Um, they're just because they're just trying to move. Um, there are different kinds of Native American tribes. Some are more friendly, some are more hostile. Well, some of the more hostile Native American tribes took some of their cattle, stole their cattle. Well, um, some At some points in time, they ended up shooting like 21 cattle in the middle of the night or stealing cattle. Um, and so they're just losing all of their, their ability to move their wagons, whatever. Um, and then a really bad incident occurs. Here's what happens. So people are upset with each other. And remember, people don't like Reed right now. They're pissed off at Reed. So what happened is, is that the two wagons became entangled. And one of the guys who's in charge of that wagon, he starts beating Reed's uh, oxen and his man. And so Reed comes over and he's like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? And they get into a scuffle. Well, that guy starts beating Reed with the whip over and over and over again. Um, there are reports that Margaret, Reed's wife, tried to jump in too, and she got hit too. Well, Reed, he's a veteran. He's done. He takes a knife and he stabs the guy. That guy. Wait, he's a veteran of what? Uh, I don't remember which war, but it was a. War of 1812? Yeah, it's probably the War of 1812. That makes sense. There's other wars. But, There's other okay. wars. He was, he was in some sort of. So anyway, so he stabs the guy and then the guy dies. So this is not good because Snyder, the guy who died, was popular. It turns out that Reed is not, and Reed just killed him. Now, a lot of people said, yeah, 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 okay, we see that that happened, but they said that Reed murdered him, and they're not sure what to do. Now, Keysburg, Keysburg says we should hang him. We need to hang him. There's no laws out where they are, so they're like, we need to hang him. And Margaret's like, no, 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 and other people are like, no, no, it's fine. So what do they do? They banish Reed. Reed is not allowed to stay with the party anymore. He has to go up ahead by himself. But they're like, we'll keep your family here and we'll get her. I know, but like, I guess I, I guess they just like, so she can stay with the wagon train in safety and then you have to go ahead. 
It's really Reed. He I was really actually more safe. safe. This back and train and see <laughs> so Reed rides ahead and he's not allowed to be with anybody else. His daughter had like ridden ahead briefly and given him a gun. So at least had that, but he didn't really have anything. So they can, it continues to be bad. There's no grass. There's no, um, not as much water and the animals start to get really weak. When the animals get weak, they can't pull the wagons as well. So what does that mean? People have to get out and walk. One of the guys who was with Keysburg, he's a seven-year-old man in Hardcoop. Keysburg kicked him out of the wagon and was like, you need to walk. And the guy was like, I can't walk, blah, blah, blah. He tries really hard to walk, but it's they're walking miles a day. Does he get a tree too? No, he just gets left behind. So they just, they keep going and they see him. The last time they saw him, he was in the distance. So then they get to the camp at night and William Eddy, the one I like, he's like, guys, we need to go find him. We need to go get him. But no one would go back and they wouldn't devote any resources to him. I feel like this is an episode of The Walking Dead. This is seriously like, I mean, it's so (laughs) annoying because people are just like, aha, Donner party, Donner party of one or party of three. And they just make some sort of joke. But there's a lot of stuff going on here that's really interesting. So... Finally, all the wagons come back together and then they're, they're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to, um, we're going to cross the mountains now. So they're through all the desert. They get to Truckee River. All right. Now, right before they go up the Sierra Nevada mountains, Stanton comes back. He's the guy that they sent off to go get supplies. He comes back with mules full well, that are carrying food, as well as two Indian guides, Lewis and Salvador, and they're going to help guide them the rest of the way. So they need to cross the Sierra Nevada. Now, they're not sure what's going on. Like, should we push ahead? It's October 20th. It is really late to be doing this. However, Stanton said, uh, based on the information that he got while he was at the fort and then back, that they have a month until it starts snowing on the Sierra Nevada. So they're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and catch up. They start going. The Donner's uh, one of their wagons breaks, then an axle breaks, and then George has to stop and like to, to build a new one. And as he's cutting wood, he gets his hand hurt. That's important for later. So they're going to start going up the Sierra Nevada mountains. And then guess what happens? It's snows. It snows. Now, this is the worst year on record of winter. It's the worst winter on record. Of course it is. Like I said, it's a series of unfortunate events that all lined up together. If they hadn't taken the Hastings cutoff, they would have been fine. They also rested a couple of days before doing this because they thought they had plenty of time. If they had left even one day earlier, they might have been able to get through the pass. So it starts snowing and the pass gets covered and they can't go. They do try at night to just try and, and, and um, breach it, but they just, they can't. It's just too, the snow is too high. And so they end up having to camp kind of where they're at while they're up kind of in the mountain a little bit. So there is a cabin that had been built earlier. Now the Donners are actually five miles below um, near Alder Creek. So they're technically separated. So you have almost everybody who's up uh, further up uh, at what they're calling like the Donner Party Camp. And then further down by Alder Creek, you have the actual Donners um, and then a couple of other people. And so because they were just stuck where they were because of the axle being broken. Then it snows again and it keeps snowing and it snows for eight days at a time. And at this point, there's no going over like the pass is totally totally trapped and they're not going to be able to really do it themselves. And people, again, remember they were already low on food. Mm -hmm. So they're weak, right? So they end up kind of building two more cabins. Someone builds a lean to um, down at Elder Creek, the Donners um, build some tents uh, and that's where they're at. So by November 4th, you've got 60 people who are there. 
19 out of 60 of them are men over 18, 12 out of the 60 are women, and then 29 out of the 60 are children. A lot of kids. They have little left of their supplies. It starts snowing, and then a lot of the oxen die. They get frozen and stacked. But the problem is, is that as it continues to snow, they start not being able to find the oxen's bodies in the snow. That's a lot of snow. Okay, I would show you a picture, and I can't show it to you now, but you should see there's pictures where the Donners had cut off the trees to, to use the – and then, the, like, it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 11 feet. Oh, my God. Yeah, and you can – because when it, when it melted, you could see where they had cut the trees off. Yeah, and so it was very high levels of snow. Um, so they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, at this point, Reed had made it. California. He didn't look good. Wait, I just want to point out the guy that this is why I'm yes. like, I don't understand why you're so sad about it because to me it sounds great. You mean I get to move ahead of the party and I don't have to wait for the other 80 of you? Right. You're banishing me well, so I can go fast. Apparently okay. Reed was emaciated and bad when he got there because they didn't give him much food. But alive. But he was alive. So he gets to California, gets to Sutter's Fort and then he's like, uh... You guys should have been here by now. And you remember his wife and his kids are with them. And he's like, oh, my God. And so he's, like, panicking. And so he goes to um, uh, Colonel Fremont. He's like, please, 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 please. We have to, like, do something. So then they try. But the problem is is that the pass is so blocked that they can't get up. And they're like, we're going to have to try again. And then also at this time, the Mexican-American War is breaking out. Okay. And then so they're trying to take um, – California. So there, there's a lot of, not a lot of able-bodied men that are available. So they're like, you're just going to kind of have to wait for a while to do a, you know, a, an attempt for rescue. Now back at camp, they didn't just wait. They were like, all right, we're going to try again. And every so often they're like, okay, a couple individuals go try. And then they couldn't do it, but things were getting so, 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 so bad that they decide, okay, we have to try to go. We have to try and leave. A lot of the information that we get at this point is from Patrick Breen, who had been keeping a diary. Now, most of the diary was more stuff like what degree it was, what direction the wind was blowing, but he did write a number of different things. Um, what we know from his is that the reason why things were getting so desperate is they were running out of food. They were even eating ox hide that they would boil into like some sort of like goop and eat that. They would uh, boil ox and horse bones down and try and eat that. And then at some point they started even eating the ox hide rug. That was what the cabin was. So they were really desperate. So um, on December 16th, they're like, we have to do something. And so this shoe snow party that gets sent out is known as the Forlorn Hope. So they're going to try and go over the pass and try and make it. So Franklin Grave makes 14 different pairs of snow snowshoes hobbled together with the oxide that they have. There's 17 people who go on this. There's men, women, and then like one or two children, younger children. But they pick the strongest people to try and get out, out there. Two of them end up turning back because they don't have shoes. And with these 17 men and women and the children are also uh, our two Indian guides, Louis and Salvador. All right. And William Eddy. Oh, because they did come back with him. Yeah, they're stuck there, right? These poor guys. They they came, and it was like literally right before Man. they go up the mountain, right before they go up the mountain. So they had all this time. So anyway, they start going. The snowshoes are actually really effective, but truthfully, these people are very malnourished at this point. They're very weak. They don't have a lot of food anyway. They're not accustomed to climbing in, in snow like this, and, and they start having problems. At one point at the campsite, Stanton, who is the one who came back with supplies, he tells the people, hey, I'll, I'll follow shortly. And then they find his body next year. 
Uh, so the group starts to become lost and confused. They don't know which direction to go because there's so much snow everywhere. Um, after several days, they're so hungry, they're out of food. And someone makes the suggestion, someone should volunteer, sacrifice themselves to feed the others. And so they start talking about it, although they don't really want to. Should we have a duel and then whoever loses? Should we do a lottery? They actually even do a lottery. And then the person who suggested the volunteering is actually the one who loses, but nobody can bring themselves to, to kill him. So they don't. Um, at that point, snowstorm kicks in and it's really bad. And then uh, three, four people end up dying in the snowstorm that night. And so finally, because the person, the people have died on their own, they decide to start eating um, the people. So they take most of like the arm muscle and then they cook it over the fire. But they were really careful to make sure that nobody was eating relatives. So like they labeled carefully what was who. So that way nobody would end up eating someone that they were related to. They start traveling again, but then they run out of food again. And at that point in time, someone else suggests, hey, we should kill our Indian guides. Well, William Eddy is like, what the heck? No, you can't do that. So he tells Lewis and Salvador, they want to eat you. They want to kill you and eat you. You need to. So um, they, they leave. They're still wandering around. They're still wandering around. Um, and later, several days later, they find Lewis and Salvador. They are near dead in the snow. And so William Foster kills both of them, and then they eat them. Those are the only confirmed murders by the Donner Party. So I think another misconception is that people were murdering each other to eat them. Oh, I never heard that part. I thought I had heard. I felt like I had heard that people had. But so that's the only actual confirmed murders in order to survive. Um, there are only seven people left at this point. And finally, they run into a Native American settlement full of Healthy people to eat. No, they and they, they those Native Americans feed them. Eddie continues on to a ranch and he stumbles into this ranch and he's like, please help us. Please help us. They send out a rescue party. OK, they go and they get the rest of the forlorn hope, the six people that were left and they bring them back. The date is now January 17th and the forlorn hope had left 33 days ago. Back at base, back at base. They are still struggling, but at this point, nobody has actually eaten another person yet. They're still consisting on the but leftover people are oxen. Dying, right? People are have been dying. Yes, okay. people are starting to die. So at this time, though, by the time Eddie arrives um, to the ranch, the Mexican War is not really an issue anymore because they they they've controlled and handled and they've gotten Los Angeles now. And so you know, back then, like wars would still go on even after things had been mm -hmm. captured. So. In California, they, there's no need now for, for men to be serving as soldiers. So Reed is able to gather enough people now, able-bodied men, to go off. And Eddie had also gotten this research party. So their research, par research party. <laughs> I wish we could have. We should have a research party. <laughs> such nerdy people. Their search, their search parties are just days apart from each other. Okay. So, um. So anyway, so on February 4th, um, the party with William Eddy leaves um, and they scale Fremont Pass, which was later known as Donner Pass, by February 18th. And they get up to where all the houses are supposed to be and they're like, we don't see anything. 
So they yell out. They're like, hello, is anyone there? And they said a head popped out from a hole in the snow. And it was a woman. And she asked, are you men from California or have you come from heaven? So they give them food in small amounts. They don't want to like, you know, at this point, 13 people had died from so far. Yeah. The only 13, well, 13 people at the camp. That right. doesn't count the forlorn hope. A ton of the right. forlorn But the only 13. At that point, a lot I know that. only at that point, only 13 had died. And then they went down to Alder Creek where the Donners were. They brought four children and three adults back up. George Donner, if you remember, had cut his hand. Mm -hmm. Well, that had progressed into an infection. He was very sick and he can't go. His wife, Tamsin, refuses to leave his side. She stays with him. Okay, so 23 people go with this first rescue party. And there are 24 people left at Truckee lake which is where the the donner the the camp was and then 12 at alder creek i'm confused hmm. what do you so wait i'm confused okay the search party comes yes first search party comes where they come so they, it's trucky lake is where they're they're stationed that's where the cabins are so what do you mean people stayed they didn't all go. Why not? Because I get why Tamsin didn't go. <laughs> a lot of why I know, I, a lot of people are really weak, um, and they know that a second search party is coming, and so people. What did they think they were going to get their strength back sitting out here in the snow? I don't understand. I don't know why. I still I, the more that I looked into it, I Was still it didn't. More, let's hurry up and get these healthy, more healthy people out of here because they can. We can. They can all probably make it. Let's get them out. Let's not. Have these other people here? I mean, it might, it might have been part of it, but a lot of it's just said, like, some of them were too malnourished to actually make the journey. Like, the journey was so arduous okay. that they couldn't do it. And some people just volunteered, I guess. I'm not sure. Like, Breen, Patrick Breen, the one who's been writing the journal, he offers to stay behind, too. So 24 people are still left, left just at Truckee Lake and then another 12 um, at the creek in the Donner camp. So that's still 36 people that are there. One of these people who goes is Margaret Reed, but she has a decision to make. Two of our children are really healthy and need to go. The other two are too weak and they're not strong enough to be, or they're, they're, they can't be carried. They're not strong enough to leave the, to go on the journey. So she makes a difficult decision to leave the two kids behind, but she makes somebody, one of the rescuers swear that they will go back and get her children. So first relief is coming back. Uh, they struggle on the way back and two die to on the way back. But right when they're near the end, they run into Reed with the second relief party. And Margaret is so overwhelmed because she hasn't seen Reed since he got banished. Right. That she almost faints in the snow. She like almost collapses in the snow because she's so happy. Reed is excited to see his two kids, but he's like, oh my gosh, my other two kids are still at camp. Um, and so... The second party uh, is also still going, right? So that's Reed's party. Mm -hmm. The party with William Eddy was coming back. Reed's party mm -hmm. is still going. At the camp, in between, nobody actually died between the first and the second. But that seems to be when they started getting desperate enough to eat people. So when they talk about cannibalism, there are a number of places where it occurred. The first occurred on the Forlorn Hope with a show snowshoe party. At first... And up to the time of the first rescue, nobody consumes anybody. Mm -hmm. But in between the first and second, that's when things start to get bad enough that they start being more desperate. Breen's diary tells us that the week before uh, the second um, relief came that Miss Murphy had said, Lavinia Murphy had said that they were considering eating milk. And they later found that body mutilated. So they think that that's when people started to 
The second relief party gets to Truckee Lake on March 1st, and Reed gets to reunite with his other two kids. They find the Murphy cabin in bad shape. Lavinna Murphy is almost blind, and she's mentally deteriorated. She's also taking care of the Edie children and the foster children. The Alder Creek camp is really bad, too. Um, as they travel the five miles down there, someone in the rescue party sees one of the people carrying a human leg. As soon as he's seen, he throws it into a hole. What's inside that hole? It was actually Jacob Donner's body. And so the Donner camp um, down in Alder Creek is at, is a very bad shape in comparison to the Truckee Lake camp. Okay. They had more food and stuff, whereas the Donners had very, very little. And so they ended up having to do a lot more, I believe, cannibalism, um, resort to that more so than the other. And now George at this time is very sick. Um and the infection has moved all the way up to his arm, but Tampson still doesn't want to leave. So 17 people are taken at this point and that most of them are children. Only three people go with the second relief. Um, left is Keysburg, uh, the Donners and the young Eddie Foster children. Why is Keysburg still there? What's I don't know. So Keysburg, I can't get a handle on him. He seems like a weird dude. By the time that they're going to get to him after the, the fourth relief, dude is crazy. Okay. I don't know. And he's also the only one, really, who when he was, I'm giving you a spoiler here, he's rescued and gets to go back to California. He's like the only one who like will actually talk to people about eating people. He's like talks about it without an issue. So I think there's something off with him. And then get this. He made money. Like he was able to make money while he was in California. He opened a restaurant. <laughs> okay. And he's like a known, like, he was like villainized as a person who I'm thinking about that bar that you want to open <laughs> and how we can work this in. somehow. Keysburg, I don't oh like I don't like Keysburg. He's okay. terrible. Okay. So some people are left. Um now the second relief is going back. The first relief didn't have an easy time back. Two of them died. The second relief on the way back has a terrible time because a blizzard comes. Reed almost dies. Can you say this is March? Yeah, we're in March now. Um, it's the worst winter on record. It's terrible. Like, everything that went wrong could go wrong. Uh, Reed nearly dies. One of the Donner children does die. And then Mary Donner. This is so crazy. I thought Wait, this one. a Donner. Like, another. Because Jacob already. Jacob's the brother of George. Right. Yeah, he dies he already. already. Died. Yeah. And so now. Yeah. And now Don, a bunch of, a couple of Donner children pass away. But Mary Donner, she burns her feet. She gets like, oh, she has a lot of burns because her feet were so frostbitten. She didn't realize they were in the fire. So anyway. Um. They're, they camp, the blizzard comes, and they have to sit there. The Breen and Graves families who were part of that second relief, they are too exhausted once the storm ends. And so the relief party is like, okay, we'll leave you here and we'll come back for you. So at that point, they become known as starved camp because they're just camped out there. They can't go anywhere. They're just they're starved. They can't do anything. So <clears throat> they're going to take a third relief. William Foster and William Eddy, they know that their kids are still in camp. They take um, this guy named John Stark, who's also another hero. John Stark goes with them, and they intercept Reed. They find Reed. Sorry, I think Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I'm sorry. No, you're good. That's going to make me cry. I'm thinking about a Game of Thrones. No, this is actually okay. really – you like this. This is a good part. Like, this has all been terrible, but this is, like, a nice part right here coming up. So they – 
Foster and Eddie, and they take John Stark, and they go intercept Reed. They find Reed, and then they're like, okay, but our own children are still there. So they're like, please, 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 we need more people to go with us. On the way there, they find Starved Camp. Now, this is another instance when people have had to resort to cannibalism. Stuck at this camp, people died, they were starving, they ended up engaging in cannibalism there. So that's a third place area where people ended up engaging in cannibalism. Uh, John Stark says... Eddie Foster, two other people, you guys go ahead to Truckee Lake to go get everybody. I'm going to stay here with these kids. Lots of camp members are kids. John Stark, he does this thing where he, the children are so weak and they can't travel and they can't really move well. He'll take like one kid, pick them up, walk with them a while, leave them there. Go get another kid, pick them up, leave them walk there. He moves all the kids piece by piece. Like like a like a, you know, a mama cat moving mm-hmm. kittens at a time, and then once all the kids are in one place, then Start he starts over. it all over again. So he saved these kids by doing this. Now this is a really arduous task that he took on, and he did this to save these people's lives. And so that's why he's one of my heroes of the Donna Reed Party expedition. Okay, so by March thirteenth, finally Foster, Eddie, and two others arrived, but their children have all died, and so have their wives. So Kiesberg apparently told Eddie that he ate Eddie's son. Um, And Eddie swears that he's going to murder Kiesberg when they get back to California. He's like, all right, when we end up getting back to California, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. Because he opened a restaurant. (laughs) I know. Sorry. That shouldn't give a spoiler away. It's okay. George and Tamsin Donner are still alive. Are you kidding me? These are the two I thought were... (laughs) They're going to find him and, like, her holding him. Ugh. I know. So, but George is still way okay, too wait. ill to move. Does, does he make it? I don't know if I should tell you. Don't you want to know? Wait, we don't want to wait and see. Okay, we're almost done. You're okay. almost done. Okay. okay. So, George and Tamsin are still alive. He's too ill to make it. And Tamsin, he begs Tamsin, please go. And Tamsin's like, I will not leave you alone. I will stay with you. So, Tamsin still stays. The third relief takes the Donner children back. The remaining, there's lots of Donner children because you got George's kids and Jacob's kids. And so they take the remaining jo- uh, Donner children. Keysburg stays for some reason. Still don't understand why Keysburg is staying. Uh, I mean, I probably need to do more research to find out what's going on with him. But like every time off, every time when I'm reading through this, I'm like, okay, he's uh, okay. No, he's. And remember this also, he, he caught my attention when he threw hard coop out of his, the seven year old man out of his wagon and made him walk. Right. So I, I've been keeping my eye on him throughout this entire story. And every time Keysburg doesn't leave, I'm like, Keysburg, what are you doing? What is he doing? So anyway, like very few people are left. Right. And they tell him, they're like, listen, there is no fourth relief coming anytime soon. And they're like, no, we're stay. We're, you know, we're going to stay. So, um, a couple more reliefs do attempt, but they get no luck. Um, and then there needs to be a salvage party that needs to go because the Donners still did have some materials there. But at this point, George and Tamsin are still there, but the other Jacob and his wife had passed. And so the Donner children are essentially orphaned. They have nobody, right? So they're like, we need to go back. We need to get some of the Donners stuff so that we can sell it so that they have money to, to survive. So by April 17th, they get to Truckee Lake and Alder Creek. In Alder Creek, the temps, te- tents are empty, except for George Donner's body, and he had only died a few days prior. He still knew. Where is Tamsin? Well, they go find Keysburg. Keysburg says that Lavinia Murphy had died. She was way too sick. Remember, she was, like, blind and, like, by the second one, so she wasn't going anywhere. Keysburg says 
Tamsin came shortly after George's death. So George had died a couple days ago. Tamsin came up. Tamsin stayed with him in his tent because it was five miles for her to get up there. She stayed with him and she said she was really tired. And he said he put a blanket around her and overnight that he died, that she died. And they're like, well, where is Tamsin's body? He had eaten Tamsin. He had killed Tamsin or he hadn't killed her. He had eaten her body. But they're suspicious about this story. Now, does it make sense that Tamsin could have died? Yeah. But you ate her whole body in a day. I don't know. They couldn't find the rest of the body. They did find a pot of human flesh in the cabin. They found George's guns, jewelry, and money. Now, Tamsin had planned after George passed to finally go and travel herself the pass. So they're like, they suspect that Keysburg murdered her. They want to actually go ahead and, and hang him, but he doesn't get hung. So they end up taking the restaurant. He ends up taking Keysburg back. It's never known whether or not Keysburg did murder Tamsin or not. Some historian, one historian had said that they looked at the evidence and there's enough evidence to suggest that maybe it happened, but after an interview with Keysburg, they don't believe he actually did murder her. It's unknown. Dana is blinking quite rapidly here. (laughs) So by that point, no one is left. There's nothing. No, Keysburg Keysburg is taken back. They take Keysburg. Okay, some of the reports say that Keysburg is in his lean-to with a bunch of mutilated corpses. Of course he is. Okay, so I don't know what's up with him. It's a restaurant. And people go eat in this restaurant. And he was well-known for this, too. Okay, he's a villain, but he might be my favorite character. (laughs) He's the worst character. He's the worst. I hate him. So in... 1847, they came through and they buried the human remains and they burned the cabins. Um, Lansford Hastings ended up having death death threats against him because of everything. But Hastings actually went on to write another book about how to cross through. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. I'm, I just totally blanked on which country, but another country, like how to like never an, an immigrant's guide to this country, right? So Hastings is still Hastings away. Um, so really need to look into him more. Okay, so here's my question didn't get answered so maybe you didn't get answered almost, anybody get pregnant um yes one kid was born on the trail but he might have the but i think the wife started i i think so okay. i don't think anyone actually became pregnant on the trail but yeah okay wait i'm almost done i have a couple more things so out of the 87 people uh 48 survived that's better than what you would I think always thought um and yeah. but if you count in margaret's mom that's 88 and then if you count lewis and salvador which i was like well why would we not count lewis and salvador they were stuck there too then it brings it to 90 um of the families the reed family and the breen family totally intact all of the reeds made it through not a single reed passed the donners and the graves children were all orphaned both of all of their parents died uh edie was the only one from his family alive um and then most of the murphy family had died Reed ended up being successful in the gold rush. Uh, they, His family had actually adopted two of the Donner children, and some of the other Donner children were adopted to other couples. Uh, Edie uh, remarried. He had a new family. Uh, he actually did try at one point to seek Keysburg to murder him, and uh, Reed uh, persuaded him not to do that. Keysburg actually... Uh, had a defamation suit against some of the relief people that came to get him because there he was like, they're saying I murdered, you know, he's saying you defamed me by ta- by saying that I murdered um, Tamsin. He actually won, but he only won $1 in damages and he had to pay court costs. 
I love that $1 settlement value so much. So a okay. journey that started in May and then they weren't rescued. Almost a year. Yeah. Uh, they weren't rescued until the first relief didn't come until February 18th. should it have taken? It was supposed to, they should have. If they have followed the, like. The they should have been done by the end of October. Wow, people. Wow. I know. Wow. So I know mine kind of went on for. You know what the moral of this story a is? A lot longer, but. Hmm. Do not follow directions from men. <laughs> Do not follow directions this from men. This is the moral of the story. Actually, Reed's stepdaughter had written in a letter, don't take cutoffs. Women's intuition. <laughs> so. I went yep. way longer than I was supposed to, um, but <clears throat> we just want to say thank you for listening to us. Um, we actually have email addresses if you're interested in suggesting a topic to us, uh, maybe something that you think that would go really well for Dana or something that would go really well for me. Um, if you want to email me uh, or just let us know uh, what you thought, my email address is podknowswhyashley at gmail.com. Wait, you have to spell Ashley. Oh, A-S-H-L-E-Y. Because there's so many yeah. ways to spell it. Okay. And then my email address will, is podknowswhydana, D-A-N-A, at gmail.com. And here's what, like, do you guys prefer, so, like, I gave, like, a shorter kind of trivia thing. Ashley had a longer story. Significantly longer. Which format? Should they be like two short ones, two long ones, a short one and a long one, and we can alternate yeah. on that or whatever. Just let us know. We'd love your feedback. So um, if you got this far, thank you for listening, and um, we will be back with you sometime in the future with new topics. Thank you.